Hey everybody, it's time for another edition of Sex and Other Human Activities, the show where we talk about sex and other human activities. My name is Sarah Benincasa. My name is Marcus Parks. Usually hung over. Not today. The tables have turned. The tables have turned. It's opposite day. It's crazy. I am hung over. Last night, I drank four rum and Cokes. That's it? I was, um, yeah. <laughs> it was four rum and Cokes. I was like a sorority girl. I was hanging out with... Uh, Mr. Ben Kissel uh-huh. and his friend Dave, who I want to shout out because he is a listener of CCR. Of course, Dave Kohler. He's the guy who uh, designed the logos for Roundtable of Gentlemen la- or Roundtable of Gentlemen Page Seven and Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. He is amazing. His name is Dave Kohler, K O E H L E R. If you need any kind of graphic design work, go to Dave. He's fucking awesome. Yeah, Google his shit and tell him we sent you. He's a delightful person. Ben is, you know, adequate, and so. <laughs> I drank like a sorority girl, and I right now am feeling. And then there's, it's really hot out too. Um, and uh, I was off my medication for like a couple days. Mm. So you throw all that together, as you well know, into a mix, Marcus. And what you end up with is a little bit of sluggishness. <laughs> a tiny bit. Two days off the Madzan hungover. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm back on. I'm back on the meds. It was just I just it was between refills, um, and I don't recommend doing that to anybody because it always throws me off mm-hmm. until I'm just like. Bleh. So I was supposed to go out to a party tonight, um, but I think I am just going to stay in and take care of myself. Good. I think that's a good healthy choice. See, I always have a problem with that whenever I drink as well. Whenever I'm hungover, I, and I get in the hangover gets even worse because I forget to take my medication, oh, yeah. or I end up waking up in some strange place and have to get to work and not able to go home first to take it. So I end up being double hungover because my medication gives you real bad withdrawals. Oh, and let's be clear, Marcus is bipolar. I have severe depression and um, anxiety and agoraphobia, we're on medication. We're not supposed to drink. (laughs) (laughs) We're not supposed to drink at all. No, not supposed to. But, you know, so do as we don't say. (laughs) 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 Really not supposed to drink because it. I I was talking to my shrink about this because I had an incident where I was driving and I had just had one drink and I was driving and at some point I realized I was tipsy and I got really freaked out and mm. I ended up like, you know, pulling over and like um, this whole thing. I mean, thank God I did not get pulled over nor, I mean, especially thank God I didn't hurt anybody. But, it, you know, it, it's rather disconcerting to realize that after one drink and a full meal that you're driving and you're feeling a little bit drunk. So I was talking to my psychiatrist about it and she said that the the medication I take, and this is probably true for you too, um, she said, you know, it's hard to say exactly how much stronger it makes alcohol, but mm-hmm. basically it, um, she said that if I had gotten pulled over, I probably would have blown like a higher blood alcohol level than somebody else who's my same height and weight who wasn't taking Weird. medication and had the exact same amount to drink. Mm-hmm. Because I guess it interferes with your liver's ability to deal with the alcohol. Oh, yeah. And I th- and it's worse for some people than it is for others. Yeah. Like, it it, um, it, it definitely amplifies uh, the my, you know, my, how much I can drink a little bit, but not too much. It's not too bad for uh, you. It's, uh, for me, it's not too, because I have a high alcohol tolerance regardless. Yeah. You know, it runs in the family. Hooray! Uh, hooray! 
Uh, we're American. We're drinkers. You're Texans, goddammit. Yeah. Well, before that, we were Oklahomans and then Georgians and then Bostonians and then Massachusettsians. Oh, Yankee heritage. Shameful. <laughs> no, we can trace, uh, I can trace my family in America back uh, 300 years, 350 that years. That is so neat. Yeah. My first ancestor in America was a wolf trapper. Oh yeah, I think we've talked yeah, about it before. Yeah, you have, yeah, you have some, right. don't you have some French Canadian ancestry? Uh, no, just French and English. French and English. Yeah, Fr- French English is my. Uh, m- the majority of my heritage is French and English. God, three hundred years ago, my ancestors were like shitting in their hands, <laughs> and then Back like in Italy. wiping them off and using them to make food, <laughs> and, and like stomping on grapes. Yeah, in yeah, Italy we were and escaping whatever horrible crime uh, my ancestor committed because he came here alone. Yeah. He did not come with a family or a settlement or anything. He was coming back to – he was coming to America in the days when the only people here were Puritans and criminals. Yeah. Yeah. My aunt, family on one side, the Irish side, was, like, up to no good in fucking Ireland back in the day. Um, they were, like, you know, blowing things up. Terrorism, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is they were blowing things up when it was more difficult to blow things up. Yeah, they were blowing yeah. things up when you had to, like, really work to blow something up. You know, it's funny that that's, that stuff really isn't didn't happen that long ago. Because uh, Nikita, my girlfriend, British, yeah. uh, she dealt with IRA bombings when she was a kid. Oh, wow. Did she live in... Um well, they, they uh, I mean, they, they did stuff in London, too. Like, they didn't just do stuff in, like... Um like, she she lived uh, uh, near Yorkshire. Uh, and in, and she would also travel to London every once in a while. It was just something that was always uh, a very clear and present danger to anybody who lived in England at wow. any point. Yeah, it was a constant paranoia. They'd do drills in school. Uh, they'd do all kinds of shit. Yeah. So, yeah, she... Uh, she actually still has a tiny bit of a <laughs> resentment towards the Irish. Oh. Like a tiny bit because it's inborn, you know. That's mm-hmm. something that, you know, you grow up with where, you know, it, it, it's the same thing that kids today are taught about, like Muslims and Middle Easterners, is that they think like, okay, Middle Eastern, terrorist. Yeah, like that's the a, enemy. Yeah. That, yeah, the enemy. That's so they kind of have that. And eventually you get over that, you know, as you grow older, but there's still – there's still that fucking tiny part of your lizard brain that n- never really goes away. Yeah, that's at least I don't. I don't think it does. No, I think, I think if true. anyone says that it goes away completely, they're fucking lying. That stuff gets set into you in childhood, and so you're like, I think prejudices. The best you can do with a prejudice is to manage it, and some mm-hmm. people can manage it really, really well. Um, but other people, you know, it. it it's insurmountable, but it's it's okay. Like if you're if you find that you still have like some you know negative thoughts when you see someone of a certain race crossing the street or something like that, like you can always talk back to those thoughts. I don't think it makes you a bad person for having those thoughts. It's no. what you do with them. Like you talk back to them and you're like, okay, I know that's irrational. Like yep. or you know that's not cool. So we don't believe that anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like course. to use that pronoun "we." Yeah, <laughs> just freaks people out a little we, bit. We as a society. Yeah. Speaking of freaking out, I, I freaked out my therapist a little bit today. What did you do? I told her that if I could bite the heads off of chickens on stage, I would. I that doesn't surprise me at all. She just hasn't <laughs> known you. That's so just par for the course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She did. She because we were talking about something else, and uh, and in my brain that sentence was completely related to what we were talking about. And in her, uh, I guess, I guess in her, uh, her professional view of me, opinion. in her professional opinion, it was not that 
related, but it was the first time so far that I've visibly shocked her. She's just learning you. Yeah. <laughs> and she's learning relationship. fast. Yeah, and she's a month from fast. now, she'll just be like not even blink at that. Yeah. I was um I was with Mr. Ed Larson of the Round Table of Gentlemen. Is that the only show he does on Cave Comedy Radio? Yeah. Yeah, so Mr. Ed Larson, a delightful human being. We were at a store this weekend, and in that store, they sell many things. It's called Teardrop Memories. It's in New Hope, Pennsylvania. I think I showed you the the brochure for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been agreed upon by, and I've been there with, like, two friends of ours, and both of them, independently of each other, were like, Marcus needs to come here. <laughs> like, both of them were just, uh, both of them know you reasonably well, not like intimate, not that they're like your intimate BFFs, but like you've spent some time with them. I, I have spent a lot of time with those guys over the last couple of years, yeah. And they both were just like, yeah, this is why isn't Marcus <laughs> here right now? It sells baby coffins, paint, yeah. oh. paint by numbers portraits of Hitler, oh. and a book called Diseases of the Rectum. <gasps> it also has antique sex toys <gasps> and an antique French. Our favorite thing was an antique French douche from a Parisian whorehouse. Ah. I know. And ah. it's just, it's got so much stuff. It's so neat. So if you ever get a chance to go to New OPA, anybody who's listening, um, Google this place, Teardrop Memories. If you're into goth shit or if you're just into weird stuff, this dude is amazing. I forget his name. I wish I remembered it. But he um, he sells to museums like the Guggenheim and, and the Getty and the Smithsonian. And, like, he sells art. He sells all kinds of stuff. And he has a four-story house that's just filled with, with like, human bones <sighs> and and abandoned old bird cages and things. Okay, I have never even been to this place, but I do know that if I ever get to buy and furnish my own house, I'm going to do it with, all with shit from this place. Oh, there was something just that should go in your house that I can tell you about. It's a giant, it's probably about, mm, I would say, four feet high by about 15 feet long giant um, piece of wood it's a sign and on it is painted like some name like let's say it's William H. Houston or something Uh Um, undertaker and furniture maker (gasps) because that's the furniture makers used to do they used to make the coffins exactly a lot of furniture makers became undertakers eventually he also taught us the difference between casket and coffin apparently Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah casket is used to transport the body coffin is what you bury the body in see this is unique and it has (laughs) he has also has antique mortuary supplies and since mortician is your fallback career yeah 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 without a doubt I just read this awesome book called cemetery stories uh, that do you want to hear the grossest necrophiliac story ever? Yes. All right. It's sex and other human activities. Why not? <laughs> P.S. We're on Twitter, twitter.com slash Marcus Parks, twitter.com slash Sarah J. Benincasa. Uh, we're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash sex and other human activities. Hang out with us. Uh, you can hit us up, by the way, if you've got comments about anything that is about to occur. Uh, <laughs> you can email us, cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. That's cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. And, you know, ask for advice questions. Though after hearing this story, you might not want advice from us. All right. This story, it's a secondhand story that was told to the author by a man who was told this story by the guy who supposedly did this heinous act. Okay. So this man was an undertaker. It was a 15-year-old boy in town who would mow lawns for extra money. He gets cancer. <gasps> Sad. He had mowed the undertaker's lawn for years, and the undertaker always say things like, you know, you can just take your shirt off. It's fine. Oh, no, Sandusky style. Yeah. 
Never actually touched him while he was alive, though. Oh, God. And, of course, the boy has terminal cancer. He dies. Oh, my God. And since he had had a relationship with this undertaker before he died, the parents naturally took them, uh, took him right. to this Oh, I hate home. the story. And the man gets the boy on the slab. Oh, boy. Strips him down. Ew. Rubs him down. Just spends a lot of time with the body. Ew. Climbs up on top of it. Ew. Gyrates on it. Ew. Gets off. Gross. Cuts the boy's nope. chest open. Nope. <laughs> nope. This is a story for Roundtable of Gentlemen. <laughs> Have you ever told this story on Roundtable of Gentlemen? No, not yet. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna I'm gonna jump ahead and assume that he stooped the body cavity, the, the chest. It's so much worse than that. Oh my god. <laughs> this is not a sex and other human activity. There are people listening with serious depression issues. You know what? Keep going. This might cure somebody's depression. Cuts the chest open. Yeah, okay. Takes out the heart. Oh boy. Cuts a slit in the heart. Oh god. Sets the heart on the table. Uh-huh. Starts whacking it. Uh-huh. The moment of orgasm. Yeah. Shoves his dick Ew! into the heart. Ew! And comes inside of this kid's heart. Oh! Cuts off a piece of the heart. Eats it? Eats it. Puts Did it have cum on it? <laughs> Maybe. That would bother me more. Yeah. <laughs> and he puts the heart back in to the chest cavity, <sighs> sews it back up, and the parents of the boy told him that he did such a good job of making him look the best for the funeral, it was as if he had put the same care that he would put into his own child. A few things. <laughs> One, not a fan of that story. <laughs> Two, I'm not sure if you just cured or ruined my hangover. <laughs> Three, that is a round table of gentlemen story. <laughs> it all blurs together now. Ben Kissel would think it was amazing. He did. Ed, Ed Larson would make a terrible, terrible, but funny joke. Uh huh. Kevin Barnett would be upset. Yes. Yes. Jaggy Zabrowski would just scream. Yeah. Henry Zabrowski would look sad. Yeah. Molly Neffel would look sad if she were there. Mm hmm. Uh, Holden McNeely would go, gross, man. No, nah, he'd probably say, I'm going to do that to mommy's heart. Holden has a lot of issues. <laughs> and Marcus Parks would giggle. Like I am right now. Because it's a fucking hilarious story. <sighs> Do you want to hear another one? No. <laughs> Thing number four. <laughs> I found it interesting just in experiencing this story uh -huh. that... What bothered me more was the idea that there would be cum on the piece of the heart that he was eating mm -hmm. rather than just being <laughs> sufficiently horrified by the fact that he fucked a cancer kid's dead heart. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's something I have to live with, Marcus. Yeah, it is. You showed me something about myself that I didn't know. Good. A few minutes ago that Good. I never would have imagined. <laughs> And now I have to live with that. I have to go home and live with the fact <laughs> that I was skeeved out by the idea that he would eat some of his own cum. That was grosser to me. <laughs> that mattered. Versus eating a dead child's cancer heart. 
So uh-huh. we've all learned something about ourselves here. And if you had the same reaction that I did, I will be starting a support group <laughs> on MySpace. Um, uh, the Friends of Marcus support group. Uh, <laughs> well, let's get to some letters. Uh, the darkness. <laughs> I live in the darkness. It's wonderful down here. Can we do a one one letter that's uh, one letter that's up? And I'm trying to. I want to see if I can pull it up. It, it was a, a, a. Of course, all the letters we get are in their own way nice because they indicate that like you're listening to the show, and so we appreciate that. But we did. We got. A, yeah, we got a, an update. Okay, we got an update. Um, yeah, so why don't you pull pull that up? Because that's a nice thing. All right, this is from uh, a kid, the kid, the teenager that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Uh, that was. I forget what we called him. I can't Frank? remember it. Frank, I think. Let's yeah, call yeah, him yeah. Frank again. I think oh, we might Frank. confuse people if it's the wrong person, but he was a but still, very sad teen. Extremely sad teen. Had nothing to live for, or so he thought. So he thought. This is uh, the letter that he sent. Hey, Marcus and Sarah, I'm just giving you a little update. I've been seeing a therapist recently and nice. he's put me on antidepressants. They nice. kind of help. I've also decided to come out and say that I am definitely bisexual and I believe that I am trans feminine. Wow. I've told a few close friends and my mother. So far, they have all taken it well. I plan to come out fully in the future, but I'm not quite ready for that yet. I still feel shitty most of the time, but not as bad as before. I'm dealing with life one day at a time, and I believe it has gotten better, and I hope that it will continue to do so. I want to thank you for giving me some solid advice, and please keep up the great podcast. Your depressed, trans-feminine, bisexual fan, Frank. Oh, Frank, man. You know, Frank, I want to encourage you to check out the Trevor Project online. Um, you know, there's all those videos, It Gets Better. I think it's at itgetsbetter.org. That's a really great place to go. Um, but the Trevor Project deals specifically with suicide prevention among um, LGBTQ teens. Q being questioning, I think. Mm. Some people say queer, but some people say it's for questioning. Yeah. Um, so it seems like that would be a good place for you to check out. And it, it might supplement your therapy nicely if you're able to, you know, read some of their materials and, and learn some stuff. Um it's a uh, it's pretty interesting, and I think you would probably find uh, a bit of common ground with some of the people on there. Here's my ad- advice as far as uh, coming out fully in the future. I would say if you can help it, wait till you get to college for that. Uh, wait, wait if you can help it. If it somehow comes out that you know if. One of your friends that you've told tells other people and it starts getting around school and everyone starts making fun of you for it, then just go, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, I'm, or, bi- I'm bisexual and, and, and trans feminine. Or they, they could be supportive, too. I mean, we they did have be. we had a guy who um, told us a, another teenager. Um, this kid was from the southwest and he told us that I guess he had come out on Facebook and people were like very supportive yeah, about super it. Sp- so it can kind of now people are getting so much more educated like it can kind of go either way. Yeah. It, it it definitely can. But I think that I don't I just don't know if we're quite to the point yet where coming out is because gay is one thing. Yeah. Bisexual trans feminine is another thing that people I don't think are quite educated about. Oh, I yet. used to make fun of transgender people, like yeah. not a long time ago, like just a few years ago, I was working at a place and we had this bathroom that was um, gender neutral and it was mm-hmm. for people who were transgender and I made a joke about it. I was like, oh, where's the unicorn bathroom? And I got in so much trouble with my boss, like I almost got fired over it. He yeah. was so mad at me. And I, But it was an, it was an educational experience for me. Like I, I sort of, uh, then I came to kind of take... I used to be like, why don't you just pick a gender? Like, I would get so frustrated. Yeah. But now, because it it was, 
it changed it, it challenged like my rigid beliefs about what what gender should be um and but now but it, it educated me though for sure um i would say t- uh, one cool thing you might want to know is that this kid who was i think he was the valedictorian at my he was the valedictorian yeah he was he was the valedictorian at my high school um he is a she now oh and is out as a uh, he is a she she has a girlfriend a steady girlfriend and they live together and she has a great job and um they live together near boston which is like a really great place for for trans um trans positive stuff and and there's a huge trans community there so um so frank actually if you're i mean you're in school if you're looking at um if you're ever looking at like taking summer courses or doing like university study or transferring to someplace um, I mean, along with like San Francisco and Los Angeles and New York, which all have big trans communities, and so Chicago. Right. But Boston has like a really big trans community. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Portland, Oregon does too. Eugene, yeah. Oregon, all those places. But if you're looking to even just to visit, just to like kind of visit, maybe go to like a gay outreach center or, or and and learn about trans issues and stuff, that might be really good for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's great. We got the, hell. We got the transgender person here at the compound. Really? Yeah, works over Sweet Leaf. I didn't know that. Good. See? <laughs> I was actually looking at this picture of, of this this kid who is a, a lady now. He used to be a dude. And um, I never would have thought that he would have made a, a pretty girl. Yeah. But it actually works. Sometimes it does, man. It wor- Like, it actually works really well. Oh, the internet's full of traps. And then I've got a good friend who um, who used to be a lady and is now a dude which is actually like a more difficult transition to make in terms of like operations and stuff Mm -hmm. and just so you know too frank like um just because right now you feel like you have this really strong feminine spirit you're not like you're there's nothing that says you have to get like surgery in any way to change your your body type like there are plenty of people who you know, they feel they have a strong spirit of the other gender and they dress to match that or mm. they don't. They just know it inside themselves and they like change certain things about themselves. Like you don't there's no there's no prescription for how you have to be or what you have to look like. You know, you can just it just it's enough right now that you know who you are and know what you're feeling and give it time. Like I'm not saying it's a phase, but I will say there have been times when I thought like certain things about myself and then I gave it some time and realized like oh no that's just a part of who I am that's not a that's not the main thing about me mm-hmm. I like de- I can't define myself that way exactly I don't think anyone should define themselves by their sexuality yeah be open to the fact that you know I would resist putting rigid labels on yourself right now because you're in a very uh, great time that's a very malleable time where a lot is happening in your brain and in your body and you may find that you want to try out different identities and you want to try out a whole host of different, you know, associations and and things like that. So I'm just saying don't limit yourself because it just makes it harder later if you limit yourself now. It Mm. just, you know, you don't want to be, for example, if you're like, I am a lesbian. I kissed one girl. I'm a lesbian. (laughs) And then, you know, you kiss a few more girls, you realize that you're not a lesbian. And then you have to be like, I'm not a lesbian. I'm something else. So just kind of resist the urge to strictly label yourself. 
All right. Oh, and we had well, we had a, this is the the up one. It's real short. It's from somebody named Zig. Hello, Sarah. I'm a new listener, and I love the show. I don't know how you do it, but I really think you're helping people. I also think you are so, so fine. I'll be yeah. listening. Hey. And then this, um, let's see. I th- Did we talk? Did we read the the girl from Italy who listens? I don't think that. We, we read that. We Oh, we did. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Okay. And then there's a gal. Um, let me see. And we did read. I, I think we also read the one from the girl who is a social worker uh-huh. and she was like she was like call like celebrating you and saying that she thinks it's awesome that you're so open with your mental illness because it's not seen in the media that often oh yeah there's not seen that there's a guy that has a that has a mental illness that's dealing with it and open about it yeah and i say fuck him yeah and I, th- <laughs> I think that's what i wrote back to her as well you know if someone's got a problem with it fuck him this is who i am this is fucking how my brain is wired up. It's wired up wrong, but yeah, fucking, I deal with it. She also and wrote, other people should deal with it as well. She wrote something interesting. She wrote, um, I especially love the fact that you answer teen questions since, as I'm sure you've found, sex education is still severely lacking, not only in America, but in other countries. I know other podcasts are leery about answering emails from people who are under 18, but that's such a vulnerable group who've been exposed to so many myths and inaccurate information regarding sex. Um, yeah, I mean, I think one thing that's important that we do is that we never, ever posit ourselves as, like, the ones who, you know, as the experts with all the answers. We no. have lots and lots of questions. And um, and I think one thing that we really try to do is to advise folks um, that they should go to experts, like should go to therapists and should mm-hmm. go to people who can actually give them some sort of like sound medical advice, if you will. Yeah. All we want to do is just kind of kick you along the right path. Yeah. Yeah. And give you a little bit of advice. But rem- remember, people, we're not doctors. Yeah. We're deeply flawed human beings. Yeah. So nuts. <laughs> that's, that's, that's really it. That's all we are. Mm-hmm. Now, let's, um, let's talk about this. Now, this letter was very interesting. I've only... I have never known. I actually, I've known one person who had this condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really know her well. She just went to school with me. Yeah, it's uh, there's a, there's a girl that that wrote in. She's 23, female. She's uh, got a case of depression, overwhelming loneliness. Can we call her Betty. Let's call her Betty. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah. That yeah. Name. Betty, Betty. I like Page. that. I like that a lot. Uh, to start, uh, and she says that she's she's overweight. She's five seven, uh, and she. Uh, well, she's got this condition where she has a an over like overload of hormones mm-hmm. called the uh, hirsutism. 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 I don't know how to say it. I don't really. Uh, hirsutism. I think. Not really. It sure. It basically means and sh- that she. I looked at the Mayo Clinic, um, Mayo Clinic's website online to learn more about it, and it means that she displays male pattern hair growth. So, um, whereas when you know when we get our secondary sex characteristics. You know, we we start to get fur generally in, as ladies in our underparts, but not necessarily on other parts of our body like the boys do. But a woman with hirsutism um, starts to get hair all over the chest, sometimes on definitely on the face and the neck. Yeah. She says she has to shave every day. Yeah, which is yeah. I know guys who don't have to shave every day. I don't. So it's this over aggressive something. There's some hormonal message that's being sent that says produce 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 with regard to hair 
So, you know, her wires are crossed, too, much like, you know, we've got our brain wires crossed. She's got uh, a hormonal wire cross. Mm hmm. And so because because of this, she just feels extremely bad about herself and about her. Her self-image is fucking horrible. Yeah. Like she says that she looks and that she'll feel better and then she'll look in the mirror and she feels like shit again. And she can't do nair. It burns off. It burns her skin. She can't afford yeah, laser. Tr- she can't afford a laser treatment or anything like that. She says that she feels like the last 20 plus virgin on earth, which ain't the fucking truth. No way. I was, I lost my virginity when I was two years younger than you. I have a friend who was a virgin until we, we had a girl write into us who was a virgin until she was like 26. Mm -hmm. We've had guys write in who are still virgins in their thirties. I I have friends that are still virgins in their thirties. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it happens like, so don't, you know, one, one good thing about, one benefit that you get of the double standard with regard to that is that you are a female. So people <laughs> will look at it as like a good thing rather yeah. than a bad thing, which sucks for dudes. But like you do get the benefit of that. Like, oh, she's just waiting for the right guy. Well, what she says is that uh, what she wants, uh, she says, please help. I'm not claiming I'm going to kill myself, but there has to be something I can I can do I hate this existence where I have to self hate and sabotage myself because of something that isn't my fault because right. she she also uh, treats food as as a comfort mm-hmm. like she feels like shit it's like that cla- the classic circle she feels like shit about being overweight so she eats a lot to feel better about to feel better physically and then she just ends up gaining more weight so Betty I think you know usually. I, I am not necessarily an advocate of like body modifications. Like I'm a pretty low maintenance gal, not emotionally, but a a low maintenance gal physically. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I'm the kind of person who would be like, you have a big nose. You should just go get it, go get it chopped off. I'd be like, love your nose. But in this case, you're dealing with something that is really affecting your happiness really 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 affecting your happiness so rather than saying like oh just learn to love your hair i'm gonna say i'm gonna call bullshit on that and be like <laughs> listen you need to learn to love yourself just as you are yeah however it's okay to explore options for altering this and i'm wondering if now i know that like laser in in the um in the letter she was writing that she's concerned that like um laser hair removal like wouldn't work but i have friends who've had it done everywhere below their chin and and I have friends who've had it done on their face and you know even to the point of like eyebrows which scares me I'm like why are you gonna oh, get it Jesus. yeah I'm like that's scary yeah once the apocalypse comes and they don't have any more fucking makeup they're gonna look like shit I know I'm like don't do that let's keep these eyebrows but I have known women who are very satisfied with it granted they don't have your condition however uh, I would give it another shot. Like, I know you've heard stories that it's not really effective or whatever, but I've known people who got it done, and it's pretty damn effective. Like, and at the very least, the hair comes back in lighter. Yeah. That's an option to explore. Another option is that I know that at – and I, I, I'm not like – I'm not assuming that you don't know this. I think you probably already know this, but I'm just providing these options because there may be other people out there who are curious too. There is a topical cream option that I read about on the Mayo Clinic. It's prescription only. Um, It's not Nair. It's something that it's it's a hormone that you apply, I guess, on your skin. There 
is um, apparently laser hair removal and electrolysis are different. Electrolysis mm. is like actually electrocuting the hair follicle, which sounds scary. And I'm sure it would be super painful, but it might make your life a lot better. Then there's also um, waxing. Uh, I was at a place recently, and most places will do full body waxing if you want. I mean, I know people who get their arms waxed, who get their necks waxed, their whole face waxed, everything. Um, that might be provide just sort of a temporary solution. But one thing I have noticed with myself, because I got my bourgeois waxed, um, is that the hair is it's growing back in, but it's growing back in lighter. Yeah. So that might be a less painful, less drastic solution than doing like laser hair removal. These so these are all like these are all just different ideas to kind of give you hope because there is hope out there. But we need to deal with your depression. Yeah. My advice on on the depression uh, was, or not even really on the on the depression, was more the the loneliness. Mm. Uh, because whenever, like, I I know the people that I know that have found like the person that they ended up with, or the person that you know, or even like the first person that they finally that they got that end that got them. Yeah, they didn't look for that person. That person just came along, and that person came along because. You know, my friend wasn't looking like or wasn't actively trying to seek it. They were just living life. They were just living their own life, doing the type of shit that they love to do. And in doing that type of shit, they just happened upon other people that like that same type of shit. You know, someday you might like a guy who dig or you might find a guy who, you know, digs your bod. Mm -hmm. You never know. Like you, You actually you never know. Just fucking just keep going with life. Just absolutely. Just fucking. Live it, because I don't. I don't think this is clinical depression. Hmm. It doesn't sound like clinical depression. You mean me. it sounds like it's depression that's attached to actual like real world stressors that exactly. are outside versus like your brain just being wonky. Two. De- those are two very different things. Yeah. And I think extreme. And they're. It's extremely important uh, to know that those are two different things because I do believe that we are an over medicated society. Some people need medication. Uh, a lot of people don't, um, and I mean, and you see it in the rise of uh, housewives being uh, prescribed Lexapro in record numbers. Yeah, uh, because they're not depressed; they're bored. Yeah, you know, they don't they don't like their life. So instead of doing something to make their life better, they just take a pill, uh, and it solves nothing. Yeah, they feel a little happier, but is the world a better place because they took that fucking pill? No. Maybe if they became, if maybe if they made themselves happy, they could make someone else happy. It's a, it's all part of a theorem that I'm putting together in my head. It's very half baked right now. No, but I understand <laughs> like what put, you mean. Like yeah. if you, if somebody is depressed, ideally, they and I and I believe Betty that you should be in therapy. I very much believe that therapy definitely because somebody can assess the situation. A professional can assess the situation, and they can kind of look at all the stressors that have been going on that you have to deal with. Um, And I mean, it's kind of like this. Let's say there's a little kid who's acting out in school and um, is just is being a real like is being a jerk to the other kids and all this stuff. Um, Somebody could just look at it and throw medication at the kid, which is mostly what happens. Or somebody else could go, all right, before we look at meds as a solution to this behavior, Let's look at where the behavior is coming from. And if they come to find out the kid's parents are divorcing, the kid's getting abused at home, this is how the child has been taught to relate to other people, like maybe removing the child from that home or doing some education with the family and therapy 
is would would help teach better behaviors rather than just throwing meds at it to you know because medication doesn't make you happy no and it has side effects yeah it can produce temporary feelings of euphoria and stuff but like that's not happiness and it can be expensive yeah it can be expensive it's like um i just got my 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 meds refilled the other day uh, as i was saying earlier and they're like, you're aware you have a really high deductible, right? And I was like, yes, I'm aware. <laughs> I know I have to pay for this $300 yeah. medication. Um, that said, it's, you know, I have to make the investment because I see how my life is better. But for you, Betty, medication for, you know, depression might not be the answer. I think it's possible that medication for your condition might be an answer. Oh, yeah. I think like that. And, and the thing is, Two, I think what we got to deal with first is the depression, even before you go around. I mean, because you can go around looking for a magic bullet to take away your hair problem. Um, But even if you get it taken away, you're still going to have that low self-esteem inside. You might still feel you might feel a lot better about yourself, but it's not like that's just going to magically make any depression go away. You know what I mean? It's like when Mm -hmm. people are really, really overweight and then they lose. Like I have some friends who used to be really overweight, lost a bunch of weight, but they still feel fat inside. Yeah. And they still think of themselves as being fat, even when they're obviously not. It's like body dysmorphia. Yeah. It's like they actually see look in the mirror and see themselves as being fat. Yeah. So we want to take care of of your your I don't know your inner life as well as your physique so I think going to a therapist is really important I also think finding online support groups for people with hirsutism would be a really good idea for you yeah and reaching out like going to message boards finding people chatting with people online like that would be and and because not only will they be able to recommend some solutions um, they also will just get you. They'll speak your language and understand what you're going through. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also have to say is that we did say something on Roundtable that made her feel like shit. And this is, you know, th- this is something that uh, kind of been th- kind of got me thinking a little bit. Uh, somebody on Roundtable said that uh, one hair on a nipple grosses them out, mm-hmm. uh, and said, and then she said that I said that inverted nipples look like a wound. Pretty sure Ben said that because my girlfriend's got inverted nipples and I love them. We were and trying to blame different people the other <laughs> night when we were hanging out and Marcus was just like drunk and I was like yeah. kind of drunk too. Yeah. And we were just trying to like blame everyone. In the <laughs> and yeah. it was pretty, it was actually really funny because people were like, I didn't say that. Well, you fucking said that, you man. You said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was it, pretty great. It was, it was, it was pretty fun. But it's always enjoyable to make our friends uncomfortable. Oh, uh, yeah. Like we just, that just, so thank you. I mean, Betty, I know you didn't want that, but we wanted it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and that's what, and shows like Round table uh and and i think that's an important thing for people to to remember uh on a lot of the a lot of the entertainment that's out there is that the we're playing characters mm-hmm. like on this show this is we're pretty real yeah you know? this it's is just like, us being us yeah it's just us being us but on round table like i'm playing a character i'm trying to be the worst i can possibly be as is everybody else like if you're on round table then you're you're going to be horrible. Nope. I called somebody a faggot on Roundtable, and I felt really bad about it. Not <laughs> because I felt that it hurt his feelings. I don't think he cared. No. It's the fact that I used the word faggot, and I used it in a term, in a forum where, in a public forum where other people could hear it, and maybe it would hurt some people who were listening. Like, I still, yeah. I felt bad about that for, for like, 
a couple months and I just never talked about it because yeah. I was like, let me just hide my shame. <laughs> but yeah, I and, felt and, real bad about and that. And I never, the last thing I want to do is make people feel bad about themselves, you know, for some dumbass thing that, that I've said on the sh- on on any number of shows that I'm on. Like that, the last thing I want to do is make anyone feel bad because all, all we want to do in this entire fucked up operation we're doing, all we want to do is make your day better. It's like, we don't want to change your fucking life and we don't want to you know, be the saviors or anything. Just, uh, just want to make like the thirty to minutes to an hour that you listen to us talk about stupid bullshit. Uh, maybe I'll make that thirty minutes or an hour better. Maybe I'll make doing laundry a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's all we want. And if I've ever made your day worse, I'm fucking sorry. Yeah, me too. Um, I, you know what would be kind of neat? That I was just thinking of. Um, this is a little off topic, but you were just saying like, we want to make your day better, whatever you're doing. It would be neat to hear what people do while they listen to the show. I would love to hear that. That would be great. Do you listen on your, I was just in LA for two weeks and I spent like average, like two to three hours a day in the car. (sighs) That's why I couldn't handle it. It's just too much. That was, it was, it was too fucking much, man. That it it drove me, it drove me crazy. Yeah. It's a very, the weather sucks. It's too oppressively sunny. I don't like yeah. how happy sunny it is. Ugh. I'm like, where's Especially the sadness? Especially since nobody is happy. Some people, people are happy I out think most there. Be, if, they're happy, if people in L.A. are happy, usually they're stupid. <laughs> 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 or dead-eyed. Uh, it kind of remind, honestly, it reminds me of like a sunny New Jersey. That's what it reminds yeah. me of. But anyway, um, email us. Let us know what you do while you listen to the show. Cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. Email us and just tell, like, do you listen in the shower? Do you listen while you're doing it? Do you listen while you're mm. jacking it? Mm. Probably. Do you listen while you're cooking? Do you listen while you're in the car? Like, what's the deal? Marcus just grabbed some sort of fireplace poker that I didn't even realize was here. Or is it a tire iron? It's uh, my gigantic crowbar. Oh, okay, it's great. It's a great big crowbar. It's my weapon. Well, all right. <laughs> this is the only practical weapon I have in here. That's awesome. Death Claw. That one, Deathclaw is not... Have I showed you Deathclaw yeah, yet? Yeah, Deathclaw? Oh, dear Lord. All right. Is that your sword? Because he's got a sword here, everybody. And there's a fake gun somewhere, which we utilized in an episode talking about suicide. Oh, my God. Is that like a Wolverine claw? It looks like basically a Freddy Krueger or Wolverine claw. What the fuck is that? And who gave that to you? <laughs> My good friend uh, <clears throat> Peter Welch. Peter gave this to me, uh, and he's a, and Peter's actually an awesome, awesome writer. You can find him at a it's stilldrinking.com hmm. is uh, his website. He does he deals with a lot of uh, mental illness stuff as well because he we should actually get him on the show because he's a former drug addict. I would like to have him here, and I would like to give him a talking to about giving you. Something that is essentially uh, a, a it's a claw with sharp knives coming out of it. Yeah. It's very Freddy Krueger. Six it's knives. Why did he think it would be a good idea to give that to you? He bought it at the Renaissance Fair a couple years ago, and uh, it was just sitting in his uh, closet, and he found it, and he's like, you know what? Marcus needs this. Peter, we have <laughs> very different ideas about what Marcus needs. And he's a great, he's a big fan of the show as well. Well, I'm glad he's a fan of the show. I'm sure he's a brilliant person. He is. It is a very neat piece of weaponry. However, I'm uncomfortable with you having it in your possession. Because what happens if you're like doing some kind of crazy drug one day, you tweak out and you start cutting up everything in here. <laughs> I mean, it's tempting. I'm feeling tempted right now just to like slash the wall just for fun. Yeah, it'd be great. 
No, whenever the night he gave it to me, we just sat there like fucking fucking up cardboard boxes. It was pretty awesome. Oh my god. Yeah. All right. Well, back to Betty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got. Let's get a final thought on Betty. Final thought on Betty. Betty, I think that um, first thing first, we need to get you in some therapy, and um, I would explore low. If you can't afford it, I would explore low cost and no cost places that are near you. Um, also, uh, if you're near a university, a lot of times they will need to do the students there in social work and psychology and psychiatry will need to do hours for free to get there their, to earn you know, their degrees. So I would explore that, too. Um, that's that's one thing. One, I think. Thing two, definitely pursue online support groups for people with hirsutism. And step number three, I would see I would as an experiment. Um, I would price and see how much it would cost to uh, get a f- like a full body wax, basically, and uh, you know pop a few Advil before, and then go, go in there and get it done, or just just experiment with um, experiment with just visible parts like your your face. See how it goes. Maybe you spend the money and it grows back within three days. Well, now you know. Now you've eliminated that as a, as an avenue, but just. Just see, I, I would really open, be open to different methods that you may not have considered before. Try threading even. I know this, is, this sounds, probably sounds kind of silly, but I think that it's possible that some methods that you've dismissed out of hand might actually be helpful. I don't know. I don't know. Let us know how it goes. Yeah, let us know how it goes. Email cavecomedyradio at gmail.com to chat with us. Or go to cavecomedyradio.com and just hit the contact button. Oh. Yeah. Fancy, fancy, dancy, dancy. Real big fancy pants dance. Ooh. I'm feeling less hungover now. Yeah. I, I predicted that this would occur, that we, either we would feel fully drained. Because this show's interview we were talking about the other day about how like it's not Marcus's favorite show. And I think that probably a reason for that is that it's not th- this show sometimes can can leave you feeling sometimes it's a re- it's a relief it's like taking mm-hmm. a big dump um but other times it's like donating a pint of blood yeah sometimes it, it can be very uh very straining on me it's yeah like some days we record this show and i have to go to bed early yeah um, yeah it just it, it kind of depends it's just the way it is i mean don't, I mean, don't get me wrong i fucking love doing it but the other sh- like fucking last podcast on the left, like I'm never gonna come out of that show feeling emotionally drained. Yeah, that's just you're like ah! <laughs> just come out of that, like Satan. Yeah, Playing yeah. In the Playing in the sandbox. Yeah, and then me and Henry go outside and talk for another 45 minutes about Satan. Oh, Henry is a delight. He's one of my He's besties. He's a treasure. Love the man. Oh, Henry Zabrowski, big fan. Um, playing a demon. Oh, never mind. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) Not saying what he's doing. Nope, nope. In my sex fantasies, maybe. Yes, yes, playing a demon in your sex. Yeah, in my sex fantasies. All right, uh, this has been Sex and Other Human Activities. Hit us up at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com or, as Marcus said, cavecomedyradio.com and just hit the contact button. We love you. Take care of yourselves. Uh, Let us know what you think and definitely email us and tell us what you do while you listen to the show. Hell yeah. Goodbye. Bye.